You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones, and welcome to another Tremendous Leadership, Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and really dig deep down into what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited because I have one of our very own Tremendous Leadership fans, the one, the only, Benita Hightower. Benita, thank you for being here today. Oh, you're welcome, Trace. And we have a couple other guests on here I will let Bonita introduce, but I want to tell you a little bit about this powerhouse of a woman here. Bonita is a mover and a shaker. She's a businesswoman, a wife, mother, grandmother, an army veteran, respect sister. I love that. She's a speaker and she's an encourager. Bonita and her husband, Willie, opened Bonita's Restaurant in Plains, Georgia in 2015. Bonita enjoys preparing down-home Southern cooking made from scratch. She has many loyal customers, but famous people have enjoyed her food as well. President Jimmy Carter and his wife, Rosalind, love the convenience of Benita's delicious carryout orders. And adding value to other people's lives is the hallmark of Benita's life. Serving others in her business and serving others through various ministry endeavors motivates her thoughts and actions each and every day. Benita, I'm so excited to talk all things leadership with you. Thank you, Tracy. You're a jewel. Well, when she and I, we've emailed, she's been a loyal customer of ours. And when we finally connected, it was just like, where have you been all my life? There was just so many beautiful value things from the military to motivating others, to she's a new author, to being a sister in Christ. I'm just excited to unpack the price of leadership. So without further ado, you want to hear from Benita and her guests. We're going to go ahead and get started. Benita, could you really quickly introduce the two other guests you have on our podcast? Okay, sure. Certainly more than happy to. Okay, so I have... Gwendolyn Brindwick, who is a divine connection. And I met her, ooh, like maybe about 10 years ago. Okay, she was the guest of Georgia legislator who I was honoring in Preston since 22 years being in service at the Capitol. And so she was his honored guest. Everybody was wondering who was John White going to bring to this celebration party. And it was Gwen. And we connected right off the bat because of what her call is to the nations, what her call is. I understood it. She kind of sort of, but we grew together to understand. Swimming is very important. Many people lose their lives because they don't know how to swim and they love the water. Okay, so that was my call when I heard that the children are drowning because they do not know how to swim. Okay, so that's another segment of my life. I won't go into further details on that, but that's how I met Gwendolyn Rinwick. Okay. And then on my right is my daughter, my oldest daughter, Helena Nicole Taylor, retired first sergeant, served 22 years in our United States Army services. She has gone places that I've never gone to, don't intend to go to. She served in hostile areas. She's lost troops. She was not kind of Her suggestions were not really honored from higher up, but in the final analysis, they should have listened. Mm -hmm. So her 22 years were not easy. As a matter of fact, when she retired, I thought I retired because I was right there every step of the way with her. Those are the two I call awesome women in my life. Very strong, know what they got to do. My daughter is emceeing my first book signing. She kind of told me what to do, Ma, you need to do. I said, okay, first sergeant, just do it. I'll follow. Just tell me what to do. I don't have any problems with that. But 
that's who is on my left and right today. Or I should say on my right, not left, left and right. Sometimes we look at left as being negative, but this is a good negative. Yes. You know, left and right. Okay. All right. So you. that's who you. That's who is with me today. Thank you, Bonita and Helena. And uh, thank you for bringing Helena and Gwendolyn. And ladies, we look forward to unpacking uh, some tidbits here, but hearing more about you on the podcast as well. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and unpack this leadership. My father wrote a speech probably 40 years ago called The Price of Leadership. And in it, he outlined the four things that you are going to have Mm. to be paying as a leader if you are going to be a true leader and not a leader in name only. Because ladies, we have a lot of people that say they're leaders, but they ain't paying the price. So the first thing he talked about was loneliness, that you will experience loneliness as a leader. And we've all heard that it's lonely at the top. We know Jesus had to go off into the desert for days on his own. If you're watching The Chosen, we know there are times you have to get alone. But could you unpack for us, ladies, what loneliness looked like for you in your leadership journey and how you dealt with it and any wisdom or insights that you would give to our audience that may be in a season of loneliness right now? Okay, so you want me to clown? I'd love to, Bonita, if you'd start. Okay, sure. So loneliness, and like you said earlier, let me just piggyback on you real quick. Leadership is something that you know you have been called to do. It's not something that you look over and you see somebody else that you might think is leading and you want to be like that. Mm. It's not that at all. Bottom line, you have to know that you have been called into every leadership role it is. You have to know that. And then you have to accept that. And I can say this real freely on, on Tracy's podcast because she's a Christian base. That knowing comes from deep within you don't have it from there, then you're kind of fooling yourself. You're kind of shooting yourself in the, really, for sure, in the foot. Because to be called to leadership is just what it is, loneliness. No doubt about it. Don't kid ourselves. We don't. But the package comes with, this is part of the package. That's it. This is part of the package. I've been called to leadership. I don't really know exactly what all I got to do. But guess what? I'm going to embrace this that I feel deep within me. In a nutshell. I love that. You said it's part of the package. I love it. And Helena, as also I was military too, our viewers know that. And and we we have all been there where Bonita kind of alluded to it, not kind of alluded to it. When you are as a leader lonely, when you see what needs to be done and you say things, that is a terrible lonely thing where people are like, "Mm, yeah, no, we're doing something else. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Because we've all been there. I know. Talking to me? I was going to ask Helena, Bonita. Okay. So- when I was in these certain positions, I had to understand what my role was, what was called of me to do the duty. And I had to know that in and out. So when I was questioned, and I was questioned often, right? Often I was questioned. I knew that I was following regulatory guidance. I knew that at the end, those regulatory guidance would come to bat for me. Now that's the secular part, okay? But biblically, I knew that God was with me. I knew that he would give me the courage to stand in front of that opposition often and state what it is. Not bad an eye, do not shudder, but say what it is and move out smartly, right? And I thought that was very important. And it can get lonely, as mother stated, it can get lonely, but I'm not alone. Oh, beautiful. I'm not alone. I may not have something tangible in my eyes, you know, where I can touch, but he is walking with me. He is moving. He is moving those mountains. They are mountains. They are. And without him, 
I would not have made it for 22 years. But it's because of that. Yeah, it's very important to know that your help is more than a tangible person. Yes. He's the God. He is the Alpha and Omega. So when you know that, you can walk therein. Helena, you said it. You know it. You may not be able to see it, but you know it. And you, we've been in battle, okay? We've been to war, and you can't always see your commander-in-chief right there, but you know you trust. And I love that you said that. And for anybody out there, yeah, you can do it the secular way and have to know somebody's there approving of you. But there are going to be times, I don't care if you're the most brilliant leader in the world, where you're alone. And that's where the Holy Spirit is the greatest co-commander of your life of all. So thank you, Helena. Gwendolyn, how about you? Did you ever have a time where you encountered loneliness? Probably right in the phase right now, my most loneliness is probably right now in actually pursuing and bringing the purpose that I was given a number of years by God, this gift that I was given by God a number of years ago, to bring it into flourishing, to bring it up into where he wants it to be right now and reaching out and changing mine. It's a really very difficult task that I say in changing minds to be a change agent. I call myself a change agent to change the thoughts and the mindset about things in terms of life, what is life, and saving lives. That's my motto, and that's the assignment that I was given to save lives, and that's where the swimming comes in. But loneliness for me right now is right now at a place where there is not sometimes always the opportunity to have access to like-minded folks that can discuss exactly where I am, Mm -hmm. what's going on, to be in that area that I'm pursuing to make changes. So sometimes, like with Benita, we have the dialogue that she can, even though we are in different professions and our work is different, we are still at the same place of working to bring them forth. I think that where I am right now is probably my loneliness because it's now purpose is growing and mm. moving into various areas that I haven't moved into before. And it's coming together. I've had to go through many barriers, many dynamics, but it is right now, it's taking shape. So I'm at a place right now where it's the loneliest now. And that means having to stay put, having to be still, having to be quiet, having to isolate, having to call forth and pray quite a bit and ask God for directions and listening to that voice and listening to those directions. So for me right now is probably a place where I'm at my loneliestness as things grow. Well, thank you. Thank you for your transparency, because I know there's people out there. And isn't it amazing that you said, because a lot of people think, oh, when I find my purpose, I'm going to wake up and it's all going to be different. False. (laughs) The more you dial in your purpose, the more alone you're probably going to feel because your calling is only your calling. And God has to work that out in you. So thank you so much for sharing that. that Because then everybody goes, oh, then they quit their purpose because they're like, well, then why isn't everybody celebrating it? And I'm like, this is between you and God. You have to go this. And if he doesn't give it to you alone, this has nothing to do with anybody else. So thank you so much, boy, for sharing that. All right, Gwendolyn. And Helena, too, yours. Okay. So now we talked about loneliness. The next thing my dad talked about is weariness. And he talked about in life, 
And Helena, I know you know this. We all know this. You are going to have to be doing more than what you should be doing because there's people that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and people that are doing way. And it's just life. People complain about it. I'm like, it's just life. We have to deal with it. But how do you all stay at your top fighting form in business and ministry as mothers, as spouses, as leaders? How do you combat weariness? And Bonita, I'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah. Tracy, here again, when you are divinely called to that role of leadership and every fold has not unfolded yet, but because we are divinely called, I can really speak about me. The weariness, my catalyst for keeping going is the word of God. It tells me, do not grow weary in my well-doing. And that's basically it in the nutshell. And I, well, I don't even have to that's what you said earlier. That's what I'm piggybacking on. And I'm keep, I'm going to keep building with all these the last two it, because they all are part of the divine package. Yes, I love that. The divine package. And Benita, you had hit on it. The word, right? The word starts the, here yeah, in yeah. your mind. Right. And I yeah. don't care if you feel tired. That's your emotions. You start here. The word can then give you the energy, the divine package that you're talking yeah. about. So I yeah. love that you went back to the word. I don't care if you feel tired. Feelings mean nothing. We're going right back to the word and what's going on. We have the mind of Christ. Yes. yes. He said, see, the word that I've had hidden in my heart. See, so the spirit knows you're weary. You need to know you're weary. But then when you acknowledge truth, truth comes and sends you the life jacket. Oh, man. I love that. Okay. So, Helena, how about you? I know you've been weary many times. How do you combat weariness? Yes. When I become weary, it is because I know that I'm not in my work. When I remove myself, right, when I think, okay, I got this, God. I know I told you to do this one thing, but I got this one little piece of the task. No. And as soon as I started, I become very weary, very overwhelmed, very anxious. Okay. All of these adjectives, right? And I say, okay, Helena, stop, stop. What's wrong here? You are not centering the center of gravity on God. You're centering it on you and you're going to mess it up. You're going to mess it up. You're going to mess. get back to truth. And as soon as I do that, oh, everybody's listening. Soldiers are doing what they need to do. My husband's doing what he needs to do. That's how that works. That's how that works. But when I'm far, right, when I think I can do it on my own, okay, that's when I don't. That's when I don't. And I have to quiet myself just like Miss Gwendolyn said, I must quiet. My- okay, Lord, I must repent. I'm way out in left field. Get me back over here where I'm supposed to be, please. Beautiful. And he does. He does. I love it. And he does. Yeah. I love it, Helena. Gwendolyn, how about you? How do you combat weird? It's so interesting that we're talking about this. In the last, I've been, I guess, the head of household, been kind of running it where I raised my sons and kind of with family, with jobs and college and education and family and experiences and jobs. These shoulders kind of start. I recognized they were carrying too much and sometimes didn't give me enough time to just kind of focus on what I need to really be doing with what God says I need to be doing. And most folks, family, all of that don't usually understand that. And you still have to move forward. What I have done in the last year, I started minimizing, I started eliminating those things that weren't factors that were not going to move me forward with what God's will was. That meant materially, I had to let go of things. 
that meant people I had to let go of. I had to get to myself and decide that to get rid of the weariness so that I could focus on, I could really completely start focusing on what it is that I am to accomplish in this earth. I had to start eliminating those factors that were keeping me from that. So that's what I've done. And this last year, I actually started started doing that, started what I like to call purging. And it's been very scary because I didn't have folks in there to replace them. And so I just stayed patient with what God was to wait on him to send those replacements. So once I made room, got rid of those, made those sacrifices of eliminating those things that were not moving me forward, I started getting more energized. And that's where I am now. So the weariness starts declining and it'll creep up. Now I get angry with myself and I'll get a little lazy. I'll get a little laziness when we, <laughs> I'll go to sleep. I'll sleep a little bit. I'll take a little time. But anyway, that's how I work with it the last few years, just to kind it. of eliminate those things and move forward with doing what I'm doing now, taking a different steps. So anyway, well, that's, I hope that helps. It does. And that really tees up the third principle that you're going to have to pay, which is abandonment. And typically abandonment gets a negative thing like, oh, well, you were abandoned or you abandoned. But my father, when he talks about leadership, he used to tell me, because I'm like, dad, how'd you get so successful? And he would say, Tracy, I do more in a day to contribute to my failure than my success. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And he was like, it's abandonment. And that means we need to stop doing what we like and want to do and start Mm -hmm. doing what we ought and need to do. So it was this hyper-focus and you hit on it and Helena being in the military, boy, you got to stay mission-focused. So Benita, how do you, with all these beautiful things going on in your life, God calls us to many different things, but how do you stay focused? So, and Gwendolyn really hit on it. So it's the best and highest use of your time. Yeah. So abandonment, It's very essential, especially here again. I'm always going to go back to that first thing. I'm divinely called. So I have to qualify what I accept and what I don't accept, where I go and will I not go or will I do this? It has to be qualified because if it's not going to continue to move me in the direction, and then we have a knowing as Christian believers who are really awakened, we have this knowing, don't need to be doing that. Come on. And it'll talk to you just like I'm talking on this podcast. So it's not coming in some scary voice or anything. It's just Mm. something that you probably don't want to listen to, but you need to. What is this going to do for what I've been called to do? Mm -hmm. Because if it doesn't fit, then it's like me trying to wear two left shoes. In other words, qualifying what it is or what what I'm being called to, what I'm being asked to do, qualify that. Just sit still and qualify it and you'll get your answers. The answer will come. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, Benita, because, the biggest because yeah. the bottom line, Tracy, you don't have time to waste. Right. Right. Even though God redeems time, we want to be good stewards. And the biggest mistakes I've ever made, as you said, you call it qualifying, is when I didn't vet. I didn't vet the person. I didn't vet the opportunity. I didn't ask God if this is well, it sounds good. Well, the Holy Spirit brought it. So right, right, right. <laughs> Wrong. Yes. Helena, how about you? Can you talk to us about abandonment and how you stay on point? So I did struggle with this in the military. Because my commander, I would sometimes feel like was abandoning me. And I was his counterpart. And I had to understand that he had a role and I had a role. And sometimes we're not going to say the same thing, but we're still getting to 
the same end result. This allowed me to really hone in on my faith. I had to really, really tighten up my bootstraps and my faith wall because I couldn't see and I didn't understand. And I consistently felt abandoned by him. Consistently. I mean, it was, I would talk to him about, hey, where are we at? Are we together? Are we not? And in the end, though, we were, we were. But the Lord said, trust in me, trust in me. I will work with him. Yes, I will work with you. But you have to have faith in me. You cannot have faith in him. You have faith in him. You will feel abandoned. You will consistently feel out you're outside of the game. Helena, get back in the game with me. Okay. And I will work it. And he will. But you have to believe it. In in order to believe it, you have to have read it. And in order to have read it, that means that you hide it deep within your heart. So when you're going through, yea, though I walk through the valley, not sit there, eat a hamburger. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley. You have to stay focused and move in faith. And you won't be abandoned. You won't be. You won't be abandoned. You won't be. Yeah, absolutely. That's And even with the greatest leaders or the greatest partners. And I even heard that with marriage. You don't grow together as husband and wife. You both grow to God and that's how you get closer to one another. And you just brought that. And that's not just a marital thing. That's a relationship thing. Even with yes. your children closer to God yields closer to one another in relationship. So thank you, Helena. Gwendolyn, how about you with abandonment? And you really hit on your pruning and stuff like that. <laughs> and that's really what abandonment is. It's getting rid of the things that are not the highest use of your time. Yeah, it was, it's so important to say that these topics are so very on point for me right now in this walk where I am right now at 66. I am still struggling with, at one time, through lots of prayer, the abandonment of my adult sons. I had a very good relationship with them as they grew up, and they are now both professionals, got their own families, doing exceptionally well with their families. But the relationship and the connection that we had no longer exist. So I challenged myself. I struggled really hard with letting them go. My oldest mm-hmm. one is 41. So he's good in an adult, a very solid young man. And my youngest one is 39. They both have their own families and wonderful relationships. Both of them have been married in good marriages for the last 13 years. They both got married and left to go on to their own right in two months of period of time. So I didn't have time to really adjust to moving from a mother to a mother-in-law. And it's just been a very difficult thing for me to feel as if sometimes I don't talk with them as well as much anymore because they are full with their lives with their own families. So Mm -hmm. that's the place of where I feel with abandonment, but through God's, through prayer and God, he said, let them go. He allowed me to see that they had done everything I wanted them to do, and they are still doing very well. So for me, that's very important right now. That's the most important relationship with me and family right now. That's one of the areas that I admire with Bonita completely because she seems to be able to juggle her business, her relationships with her family, her relationships with her grandchildren, her daughters. I admire that completely. So that's one of the areas that I cherish my relationship with her is because I get a chance to see how it works and she keeps going. She keeps going. So that's the disconnect and the place of abandonment that I am working on, both spiritually 
and relationally, I just had some good things to happen with that. Opened up God, opened doors to bring those, he's bringing those relationships back to me. I had to stay put now. I had to stay put, stay quiet, but he's bringing them back. Bring it back that way. So that's where I am with abandonment. So all of these topics your dad put forth are right now just very significant for me at this present place, at this present place. Gwendolyn, thanks again for your transparency and your honesty. And I'll tell you, you also brought up a a twist on abandonment. When God closes a chapter or takes you out of something or puts you in a wilderness, and you do feel abandoned. I mean, I know Bonita coming out of the military, it's like you kind of feel abandoned because you're not one of the troops anymore. But yeah. there's seasons that come and go. And thank you for sharing that. God's gonna we get a calling from and a calling to, but you're still departing from something that was once yeah. in your life. So uh, I just giving God glory that your heart is there and congratulations on raising such beautiful young men. Yeah. The world yeah. needs more of that. Th- and yeah. <laughs> you too, Bonita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girls. I don't know how many girls and what's your mix of girls and boys. I know you have five. How many yeah. girls and boys do you have, Bonita? Two young men. Two yeah. young men and three ladies. <laughs> yeah. I, love ladies. I love it. The ladies are ruling. Yes. I hear that. There's four girls and two boys in our family. My dad yeah. said the only reason that he had six kids is because my mom really didn't like children. So he was just... <laughs> So are you the only child, Tracy? Oh, no. I'm five out of six. Uh, There's a bunch of us, five out of six. Yeah, so he he had six and he'd say they're all boys except four. So he was just, you know, so Charles had to deal with the women. Charles has a sense of humor. That was funny. All right, so loneliness, weariness, abandonment. And the last one we have is vision. And my father, the pragmatist, the beautiful, incredible motivator, eighth grade dropout, but it's not anything mystical. You don't got to have an IQ of Einstein. You don't got to be Oprah or Mark Zuckerberg. He just said vision is seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. So Benita, <laughs> could you unpack vision for us, what it means for you? I know what you're going to say, but I never get tired of hearing it. Yeah, really, Tracy, the words from loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision, literally vision is the foundation. The Bible simply says, without a vision, my people perish. Mm. So without having something that you can physically, that you physically see, but not only did you see it, you embraced it because you heard it. I read it. I heard it. I remember the one scripture that the Holy Spirit showed me was Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the thoughts and plans I have for you. I remember that scripture and I remember my reaction. I said, God, wow, you got the plan. I don't need to do nothing but learn how to follow. Okay. So, but with that, I didn't see all of the things that he was telling me how he was going to use me as his ambassador, as his spokesperson. Literally told me, he said, go study General Colin Powell. Look at what he did when he went to these different countries. He didn't speak on his own, but he spoke from the presidency. That's where he spoke from. He could only deliver the message that was given to him. Okay, so the vision, what he spoke to me is the one that has kept me rock solid in my valley days. Nobody knew what I was going through, but the vision held me steady. The vision taught me how to think. The vision the speaking, hearing the God voice telling me, do this, do that, or don't do this, or don't do that. But what he wanted me to do, he used the military as really a point of reference because he knew I knew how to soldier. He knew I knew how to take raw troops and make them into, they, as the army said, lean, mean fighting machine. Okay, because I had that training as a drill sergeant. So he would use the military 
to kind of show me in the word how to operate. I had to learn how to operate in the spirit because the Bible is nothing but a spiritual weapon, but we don't look at it. We, we bring our carnal mindset and try to work it on your own, which one of these, both of these ladies have said it. When you try to do it on your own, that's what you are on your own. Mm-hmm. But when you use the word to guide you, lead you, teach you, and like it's a no-brainer. You sit back in, in the world, people, even your closest friend, your family, what are you doing? What are you doing? Nothing. Because I'm at a place that I don't have to do. When you sow the seed, the farmer doesn't go back out there and dig that rascal up. Do he? When there's a storm coming, I don't see, we live around farmers. My children were raised around farmers. Gwendolyn would love to come out there where I live. She said, you're right here and it's all this open. Yeah, I don't see no farmer going out there digging up peanut seeds or cotton seeds when a storm has been posted. They leave that rascal in the ground. And that's what we have to do with our vision. Once we've embraced it, okay, loneliness coming, yeah, I'm holding on. What do you do? I'm holding on. Weariness, I'm holding on. Abandonment, what? that don't that don't fit over here. Bye-bye. Holding <laughs> on. Steady. That's where, like I said, this is a freedom. I have the freedom on your thing to talk about the word. The word is what got me free from my mental poverty mindset. That's all that had to change. Because the word is a change, it is a change maker. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, transform this thing. I could go a little bit deeper, but I won't. It's you, how do you do it? By right. the word. Right. Jeremiah, uh, Joshua 1 and 8. Do this every day in and day out. Do this. And what that's a guarantee you can take to the bank when you ain't got nothing in the bank. And then you got it all in it. Your money, you go. They got your money. Yep. Claim that divine inheritance now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bonita, boy, I just, I love that. I will never look at fields again. And I'm in the South Central PA and not think about that. Yeah. And then he doesn't go up to the seat and said, are you growing? Are you growing? What are you doing? Just, it happens. It happens because it's where it's supposed to be. Yeah. I love it. Helena, how about you, Helena? Vision. What are your thoughts on vision? Understand everything my mother said. I don't really need to say much else. <laughs> I, I really don't. But vision means patient. So people forget about that little one thing. It's important. I saw the vision. I'm trying to walk there in it. But why isn't it taking place? And Ma just said, because it takes time. And it's not in your time. Okay. But when it comes, it's there. Yeah. It's there. Nobody's taking that back. Nobody's able to put that thing back in the ground. It's there. It's there, but it takes time. That's right. And during that time, you can't wait for, you can't say, well, God, I don't know where it is. No, be patient. Be patient. That's important. That's really important in a microwavable society that we have now that they want things right away. No, this is not what this is. It takes time. Just like Ms. Gwen talked about, you know, her children. I knew it took a lot of time. And now they're doing their thing, right? You see them mm-hmm. to your leg. It takes time. The vision, it will come. Mm-hmm. It will come. It will come. I love it. And, and Helena, to your point, don't thwart it. Remember, 40 years in the wilderness, it should have taken them a week. Why? Come because on. rather than waiting gratefully, they mumbled, they grumbled, and they thumb stuck. So yeah. when you do that, he will make you learn that lesson. He has more time than us. just wait gratefully upon him so beautiful helena how about you gwendolyn what are your thoughts we're here you're recrafting and what are your thoughts on vision well when you have vision 
you have that is something that is given to you. And what I have realized that a lot of people do not have vision. When you are lucky enough to have been given a gift of a vision of purpose, a vision of what it is you're supposed to be doing, it doesn't come <laughs> from now. Some of the things I've had to question God and I ask God, well, where in the world did that come from? Why did I get this kind of, why did you give me this particular, because some of the visions I've had scared me to death. Now they were impossible. Some mm-hmm. of them are still mm-hmm. very much so. Mm-hmm. I think me as little old Gwen think are impossible, but he keeps wrestling with me and say, this is what you have. This is what I've given you. You have to mm-hmm. believe in it. That is what it is. So for me, vision is the ability to be able to see what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Now, it doesn't come with a straight road. It doesn't come with a straight road. We got that. But for me to be able to stick with, not try to convince, but go ahead and do the vision that I know that has been set forth, that I am to do, to bring forth. And a part of me, along with others that will be there to do that, the vision is just so important for each of us. But for me, the pride and joy, if I die tomorrow, to be able to have been given a gift of having a vision, because I've Mm -hmm. seen people that have no purpose, no idea. When you get forth and you see that, you say, oh, my God, I'm just sheer blessed for just having been given vision. And so that's where I am with that. I know that that might sound a little, oh, but. Oh, no, you really, you think about Martin Luther King. I had a dream right. and I tell people that, but what is it? You, right. We say this, like, it's just going to land them. You have to go find it. Yes, and right. it's what you are called to do, not what you want to do. And so you really hit on that. That takes soul searching. That takes humility. That Absolutely. takes patience. I look at even Paul, how many times before he was blinded till he started ministry, how many years? Years in the waiting. So, but the purpose of a vision, I love it, sister, because then it gets down into, it's all about God's calling, not the outcome. And it gets it off of us and back on who it needs to be on. Right, Hmm. right. All right, ladies. Well, listen, we talked loneliness. We talked weariness. We talked abandonment. We talked, I don't know. This is crazy beautiful. But listen, before we wrap up, I want Bonita, share with us about, you have a book coming out or just, it did come out a couple weeks ago, Believe. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because I will have the link so everybody can get it. So you can hear more of this beautiful sister and her incredible wisdom. Tell us about it, Benita, and where they can get it. Okay. So Believe is on Amazon. You just go on Amazon and type in the word Believe. It's a very simple book. I wanted it. No, I I didn't want it. It's like (laughs) when I was, well, I think that's it. That's it. I think so. And so the Holy Spirit said, it doesn't take long to tell the truth. It doesn't take long to tell the truth. Okay. Number one, and it's priced real cheap. You spend more than that at Starbucks for something that can really be something that you right, you rightly need right now. And I can say that without any hesitation or reservation because your spirit knows what's out there and he knows what's needed and he knows how to get it out there. So if he used me to do a book, a simple book, then I'm saying it's out there. You're life jacket, in that simple little book, something as simple as that. And I didn't have time to go in my office and get Tracy your books that I got that I ordered from Tremendous Leader. Little bitty book. It's just a little bitty book. Mine is a little bit bigger than that, but it's just something that you can put in your car, put one in your purse, wherever you need, because you're going to, he's going to lead you, go get that book. Get that book. This 
you need answers and I've got them written down. I love it. Go get that book. So the book is a timely piece. I'm working on the second and third one, which actually piggybacks off of belief because belief is like, believe what? Whatever you're hearing, believe mm-hmm. it. And he'll show you how to walk it out. You right. don't know how to walk it out because I just read last night by, oh God, the first female president of Libya, Liberia, excuse me, Liberia, excuse me. I can never keep her name for some, her, her last name is Sir Lee. And she said, if your dream isn't scaring you, then it's too small. It's truly too small. Okay. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof. He knows how to use you. But you mean you tell me you want me to use? I was just talking to a lady this morning. That's what she told me to do, Tracy, Gwen, and Helena. She said, just keep cooking. (laughs) Just keep cooking. She told me that back in the 90s. And so I chuckled this morning. I said, God, I kept cooking. I followed the instructions. And look what I stirred up. (laughs) That was so, look what I stirred up. I stirred up a book. I got a book signing. I got a restaurant in the home of the 39th president, longest living president. That's what I stirred up by just cooking. David did even more than that. He got a place on the throne Mm. with just what? A slingshot. So what do you have? Don't minimize what we already have. You don't need to go get nothing. You might need to go get the book. But other than that, because you don't have it. No, and I'm not trying to prove, I'm not trying to, because this podcast is divine. Tracy doesn't know me. I don't know Tracy, but her father left a platform in the earth that because I was doing what I was doing, our paths crossed. Not her, but her father. I never met her father, but then Tracy's on the scene now because he left something in the earth that needs to be still going and she's going with it. So how did I got invited because God put me here made the connection. So we Christian people out here, we need to get rid of the carnal mind and get into the spiritual mind and stay there because you can live there. He tells you how to live in the earth. So we want to change. The first change is you and me. I'm the change. Okay. And once we get that, we can move with that vision. We can embrace all the different areas that we just talked, touch base. It's like, oh, that's part of the packet. Keep it Mm -hmm. moving. Keep it moving. And that's what I have to say in summary. Tracy, I want to thank you for just doing what you're supposed to be doing at such a time as now. Okay. And I want to thank these two young ladies who have done just, I sit back and I look at them and I'm grateful. I really am. And then to have be able to bring them to a bigger table who we know not of. You're to be commended. Thank you for your openness. And I continue that you will continue with that legacy book changes people's lives. Let's read, guys. Read hmm. so we word. can succeed. The word, sister. And I love it. And Benita, as you said it, it's not what is the truth, it's who. And I hope that's the one thing you leaders figured out. Stop thinking, what am I supposed to do next? Who? Either you're the truth or you're not the truth. Either God is God or you are. And until you solidify that, then I hope you've heard these leaders and all orients back to that. So ladies, I can't thank you enough for the richness of this dialogue, for what you shared, for the blushings you brought me, for sharing about to be so transparent and what's going on with your life and for what you've done to make this world a better place. And I can't wait to see what happens. I know our listeners are going to be so blessed. So thank you, Helena. Thank you, Gwendolyn. And thank you, Benita, so much.
You're welcome, Dr. Trace. <laughs> I love it. And to our tremendous leaders out there, I know you have thoroughly enjoyed this. And if you would do us the honor, if you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button. Leave us the honor of a review. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And most importantly, if you were blessed by this, please hit the like and the share button and share it with somebody else. And again, to all the tremendous leaders out there, you will be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. And I know you are a whole different person to this conversation. Be blessed and keep on paying the price of leadership. Have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.